fate, the goddess of the predetermined and pre-written, the goddess of the stories written in the fabric of the world, the goddess of narrative, and I have done nothing wrong. The others may argue, may judge and condemn my actions, but they gave me those children to do with what I would, and I made them beautiful. I elevated them, raised them out of the dull humdrum of everyday life, out of the cruel designs of random chance, and turned them into a prophecy, into a story. And really, what more could you ask? There is nothing better than a good story, and theirs was very good indeed. It goes like this. Once upon a time, there was a boy. He was short and blonde, rather unremarkable to look at, really. But there was a glint of heroism in his eyes, and the heavy weight of destiny to his gait. He had a purpose, a mission. The boy's name was Hero, and he was going to save the world. Now, Hero was never the most combative of children. He preferred quiet contemplation, listening to birdsong, and watching the water of the river run fast and wild. But he understood his place, his destiny. He knew that one day he would need to fight. He knew that in order to protect his peace, to protect his birds and his rivers, he would need to be fierce. Hero knew that somewhere out there there was a threat, a monster, an enemy who would seek to tear everything away from him. He knew this because I told him so. And Hero was such a good boy. He always trusted me so much. Why wouldn't he? After all, I was his mother. So when I told him to fight, he fought. And when I told him to train, he trained. That boy prepared day after day for the inevitable confrontation. It was his life. It was his destiny. And one day, it arrived. He was about, oh, 18 years old at this point. Still short, but well-muscled. The glint of heroism had grown into a world-shaking determination. With a sword slung across his back and his eyes on the horizon, he looked the very picture of a chosen one. He was the perfect protagonist and the story was ready to begin. Of course, every good story needs a bad guy, and this prophecy was no different. Her name was Villain, and she was a sorceress, a master of dark magics and a blight upon the land. I told Hero of her threat. I warned him that she would come for him, that he was destined to defeat her, that he was the only one who could. I warned him that she knew, that she would hunt him for it, that she would hurt him for it, that she would kill him for it. He needed to stop her. And so, he set off. Through forest and thicket, over mountain and glen, he marched. Sword in hand and goal in mind, he did not stop. He did not falter. His path was often treacherous plagued by beasts and curses, beset by mercenaries. But he had trained his whole life for this. His sword stayed sharp, and his arrows struck true, and he conquered all his enemies in his path. 
staying his course until he came at last upon the home of the Enchantress, a crude tower, roughly carved out of the side of a cliff, but daunting in its size, rising far above his head, its peak lost in a hazy cloud of dark magic. Hero remained unfazed. This is what he was born for. He entered the tower, sword held high, courage singing in his veins, and he was met with nothing. No monster, no guardian, nothing. Just darkened halls and scuffed up floors, and a spiral staircase in the middle of it all. He ascended, floor by floor, room by room. Hero bravely searched the tower for villain. Every time he turned a corner, he expected an ambush. And every time he opened a door, he expected an atrocity. And yet, there was nothing. It is a funny thing about humans, that those who can keep their nerve in the face of adversity and face battle without fear, often falter in the face of uncertainty. Suspense can be far more deadly than any poison or blade. This was the case for Hero. With each step he climbed, the dread in his heart grew stronger. And every time a new corridor failed to contain a monster, every second that he was not menaced by curses, his terror grew. Until, finally, sword unsheathed and unnerved to the point of paranoia, he reached the top floor. Unlike most of the lower levels, this floor was not separated into rooms and corridors. Instead, it stood open, one large circular chamber taking up the entire top floor of the tower. And, unlike the lower levels, this room was not empty. No, far from it, for there, in the middle of the chamber, stood Villain the Enchantress, that vile enemy who threatened his homeland, who threatened the whole world, the wicked wretch whose name would come to be synonymous with evil, Hero's fated enemy. And really, she looked the part. She was the opposite of him in every way, tall where he was short, pale where he was tanned, her dark hair held back in a tight bun, and a black cloak draped around her shoulders. Hero's courage returned to him. This was what he had been preparing for his whole life, this was the prophesized battle. Everything was going according to the script. Everything was as it should be. He charged. Sword drawn, head held high, prepared for whatever she could throw at him. He knew that this battle could very well spell his doom. That just because he was fated to vanquish the evil did not mean he was fated to live through it. He did not care. He would take any dark spells or twisted curses that she could fling. He would power through the pain and suffer the consequences. For the betterment of the world. For the greater good. No such spells came. Hero's sword sunk into Villain's chest with a sickening noise, meeting no resistance but that which comes from passing a blade through flesh. The battle was over before it had even begun. And, as the witch bled out on his sword, Hero noticed an odd look in the eyes of his vanquished foe, not the anger that he might have expected, nor even guilt, repentance for her dark deeds. No, 
The final expression to grace the features of villain the merciless was resignation. She had known this was coming. She had expected it, and she had done nothing to stop it. Nothing to stop him. For whatever reason, after all the monsters and the curses, in the end, she had refused to even raise a hand against him. And so, this young man, this young boy, looked down on the defenseless foe he had just slain. He looked down on his enemy, on the proof of a prophecy fulfilled, and he wept. He wept and he called to me, praying to the heavens for some sign that what he had done was right, that it was just. He begged for me to tell him that he was a savior and not a murderer. He begged for comfort, for compassion. But the prophecy was already fulfilled. My goal had been accomplished. My story had reached its final chapter. And so I gave him no answer to his prayers, no acknowledgement to his desperate pleas, unbefitting of a conquering hero, unbefitting of my chosen one. He had fulfilled his part and had slipped out of his role and I had no more need of him. And so, broken, desperate, and abandoned, Hero looked away from the heavens, turning his eyes instead to the body at his feet, and noticing for the first time a note clutched in her hand. He retrieved it from the body and began to read, and what was written on that paper broke him, shattered him beyond even his victory and my silence. Dear brother, if you are reading this, then I am dead. For had I lived, I surely would have confided in you in person. I have discovered a great secret hidden from us by the gods. I have discovered the truth behind the mysticism and the lies behind the prophecy. There is no great battle to come. There is no immeasurable force drawing lines in the sand, dividing us into good and evil. There is no fate. There is simply a liar and a cruel woman with a crueler vision who would turn us against each other in the name of some greater meaning. There is only a woman who would have us call her mother, who would have us call her goddess, all while plotting our deaths. I will not stand for it. I have done as I was told my whole life. I have studied the magic bestowed upon me by our patron and sent spells at her behest. I have attacked people and created monsters all on the orders of a being I thought to be all-knowing, on the orders of one who I trusted to be benevolent. Well, no more! I will not stand idly by and let some outside force dictate my life. You were raised by the same madwoman and molded by the same prophecy. If we are not siblings in blood, we are siblings in tragedy. And so I ask you, brother, stand by me. Throw off the chains of fate. We are her pawns no longer. We are free. Written by Maddie DeWire. The Goddess of Fate was voiced by Astrid Code. Villain was voiced by Maddie DeWire. Art by Haley Engelmeyer. The music included in this episode is Swan Lake, OP20 by Tchaikovsky. The Nutcracker Suite, OP71A by Tchaikovsky. Peter Gent Suite No. 1, OP46 by Edvard Grieg. 
Dvorak Symphony Number no. 9 in E minor from the New World, OP 95, courtesy of MusePen.org, and Inspirational Piano Arpeggios, courtesy of HookSounds.com. Thank you for listening.